what kept me from doing this earlier, I think, was like most people, there's fear and you're scared. Um, but it was really about changing the story I told myself. So other people had no doubt in me, but it really came down to me changing the story about how I talked to myself about me and my abilities. And once I did that, it was finally stepping into who I really was. And it was a huge sort of thing for me um, that, you know, represented an enormous leap of faith and, and a belief in myself. So mm. once I got over that hurdle, I never looked back. In this episode of the Voltura Game Show Podcast, you will discover the Einstein mindset, life as a ghostwriter, being paid to be creative, and writing your own story. Is that something that you love to know? If so, continue listening. Hi guys and welcome to another episode of the Voltura Game Show. This is episode 36. The Voltura Game Show is designed to bring together the best minds of our times, so that you can have access and integrate their mindset, behavior and business lifestyle. As a result, you can access your inner perfection in a fun, new and interactive way. My name is Alexandru and I'm your host today. Today our guest is Emmy Blaschka. Emmy Blaschka is an entrepreneur, social media ghostwriter and leadership contributor for Forbes. She has made a career offering stories as a service. With more than three decades spent branding products, places and people, Emmy has always understood the power of weaving a compelling tale. Emmy also writes engaging, original and authentic career stories for her clients to position them for success and change how others perceive, pay, partner with and promote them. Currently, Emmy is also writing her first novel. Thank you for being here, Emmy. Thanks for having me, Alexandru. Thank you, Emmy. I'm actually curious, like, what, what makes you excited to say yes today to this crazy podcast? <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I'm an insanely curious person. So when you presented sort of this, you know, it might be fun. It's the different way to do this. I was intrigued, right? So I was like, okay, I, I'm a little scared. I'm a little nervous, but I'm a little excited too. So that's always a good combination for, you know, seeing what happens. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh my God, wh- where I'm getting myself into, but it sounds fun, but where I am? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what? Oh no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great. Great. Yeah. Thank you for being here. And uh, yes, we're going to have fun today. So this is the Voltura game, Emmy, and basically how we're going to start the game is by rolling the dice. So please tell me when to stop. Stop. Hey, Psst. one second. Before we start the show, I have a small request for you. Could you please write us a review on Apple iTunes? This will help us to improve the experience and to reach more people. And also, if you want to be part of an exclusive group, go to voltura.co slash podcast or just Google Voltura Podcast. Thank you so much. Now, let's start the show. Stop. So it's four. <laughs> Please read the card. Okay, it says, mime the craziest memory of your life. To make it crazier, add sound effects. Okay, so that's interesting. Miming and with sound effects. <laughs> craziest memory. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah, of course I get a crazy question. Um, <laughs> Um, okay, I don't, I don't know how I'm going to mime this. This is so weird. Um, ah! Ooh, ah! Ooh, ah! <laughs> Are we home yet? Are we home yet? Okay. Oh, oh 
oh my God. Okay. Pack the suitcase. Let's go. Let's go. No, let, let's go now. We need to get to the hospital. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Driving, driving, driving. Are we there? Are we there? Okay. okay. Hurry up and wait. Driving, driving, driving. <laughs> no, it. that was funny, actually. It's really hard to guess. <laughs> that, that, that was funny, actually. Like, driving, driving, driving. <laughs> well, I'm like, how do you, how do you just, vroom, vroom, you know, like, driving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that, that was it, actually. You mime and like, you, you create a, yeah, yeah, yeah. But driving, driving, driving could be a sound effect. Like, yeah. Well, it depends on the car. <laughs> How does that car sound? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. So let me see. The memory is so what, what I got is that, well, it was an accident or, yeah, it was something like an accident. I mean, you said already that we went to hospital and said pack the suitcase. So it, it was an accident. But it sounds like a craziest memory. It, it, let me just yeah. ask you: it, it's a, it's a happy, or is like a like? Oh, that's really crazy. No, it's happy. It was it was an unexpected a happy. but happy sort of crazy time. Yes. Mm. Okay. Maybe yeah, I've, um, probably like a surprise. I don't know, like something like that. That's that's what I what I see here, and you drove so fast, like a spontaneous thing. Yeah. I don't know what I know. It's it was really hard. I'd, it'd be tough for you to guess. Shall, shall I tell you or? Oh yeah, I mean, oh, okay. everyone's dying to know what, what so, the heck. <laughs> so uh, we have we have two daughters, and when I was pregnant with our first daughter, we my husband and I were at the last scheduled doctor's appointment, and um, this was mid June. And I wasn't due for another two weeks, but we went to the doctor and um, after examining me, he said, um, Amy, uh, yes. He's like, have you felt a lot of movement late, lately with the baby? I said, yeah, kind of. Whatever. He's like, yeah, the baby's breech and you're so far along, I can't manually move the baby. So, you know, but you're, you're good. The baby's basically cooked all the way. You know, she's, you know, the baby's ready to be born, but um the baby's breech. So I think we need to do a cesarean section. Have you eaten anything mm. this morning? I'm like, no. It's like, okay, no rush, but you're going to have this baby today. So why don't you go back home, pack your suitcase, come right back to the hospital. You're going to have the baby and like literally an hour. So it was like, you know, when you're thinking, I, you know, you know, for nine months, you're going to have a baby and you've gone through the classes, but to be one surprise that you're, you're going to have the baby like literally in a couple hours, like you need to go get your bag and come back because you're going to have this baby imminently, like don't eat anything. Mm. You're doing this. And then this was, she's 20. So this was before people had like, we're really using cell phones a lot and having them. So it's particularly our yeah. parents. So trying to like call people, tell them to, sh Hey, this is happening. It was, it was insane. And at the, you know, we were worried that my mother-in-law wouldn't show up to the hospital because she never answered her phone and was kind of like too busy with that. <laughs> and my father-in-law, this was their first grandchild. So he was like, I'm going anyway. I'll, I don't care if Ann, his wife, you know, misses this, I'm going to be there. Um, luckily everybody showed up, but it was uh, for uh, that probably an hour from the time we left to get home, to get our stuff, to get back to the hospital. It was trying to be calm, but it's a, a lot of nerves and, and excitement. And it was mm. crazy because you just, you're like, you weren't expecting this. So it was a very yeah. happy surprise, but it was a little nuts that it was like, oh, 
oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my mm. gosh. So yeah, hard to make sound effects. And I didn't want to do the sound effects of actually having an operation, <laughs> yeah. weird, but, but just the anticipation of showing up um, mm. to have our first child was, was, it was wonderful and crazy and exciting and everything all at once. I can see it spontaneous. Yeah, good. Okay, so you've done your card. Really good. <laughs> the next step, questions. So my question for you is, I, I really like, you know, I believe um, it's, it's related to that. I believe that, you know, it says that, and I believe that, that the small things in life are uh, defining the way that our life goes, right? Now, this is not a small thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but what I want to ask here is that what is, um, like, what is another event that was like, let's say, almost the same, that, that like this, you know, something totally spontaneous and like you... Um, you know, you, you, you went there fully, in, like maybe in your career or like, in, you know, the entrepreneurial side. Um, something that was just sort of, well, like a leap of faith. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I've had that a few times. Uh, you know, my career is, is nonlinear, you know, so I've done a lot of different types of things. So I've been a writer and, and, and professionally and doing this for like 10 years. Um, before that, um, I've done a lot of different things. And even just when I finally made the decision to uh, say, okay, I'm doing this writing, I'm going to you know, start my own writing practice. I'm doing this, you know, I'm going all in. It was a huge leap of faith. Um, you know, one thing to see a writer and do it on the side, but you have a predictable, steady source of income, you know, you have that. And it's another thing to just, you know, one, believe in yourself enough to that you're going to make this happen no matter what. Um, and two, I think a real pivotal point for me was um, what kept me from doing this earlier, I think, was like most people, there's fear and you're scared. Um, but it was really about changing the story I told myself. So other people had no doubt in me, but it really came down to me changing the story about how I talk to myself about me and my abilities, because I am the most compassionate, understanding, encouraging person to everyone else. But somehow I put myself at a higher standard, but oh, no, 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 you know, and you talk poorly to yourself and this internal dialogue is awful. So when I changed the story and said, I am a writer, I am, you know, it, it's amazing, you know, that, and I started presenting myself this way and, you know, I'm positioned this way. I'm doing this and everybody, yeah. Nobody questioned that, but it was really about getting over the hump of my own psyche. And once I did that, I mean, to the outside world, probably they're like, well, sure, duh. <laughs> you know, but, but to me, it was finally stepping into who I really was. And it was a huge sort of thing for me um, that, you know, represented an enormous leap of faith and, and a belief in myself. So mm. once I got over that hurdle, I never looked back. And it's not to say that everything is rainbows and unicorns and fine. It's, it, you know, there are challenges certainly, but I'm so happy I did that. I wish I had done it earlier, but you, know, you can never go back. You can only move forward. So now I try to encourage others mm. to take a hard look at what they're telling themselves so they can change the story and, and move on to do what they really want to do. Like it, it's uh, it's interesting, it, and it it's a quote. I think Wayne Dyer said, "If you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change." So it's exactly the same, like mm. what you said here. Like you you change the way you look at yourself in a way. I mean, yeah. if that's that that's actually what it is. You change the story, and mm -hmm. 
it's like the the outcome change too or the the end you know the end of the story which is not right. the end, but yeah right. the outcome and the thing here is like um what the, and okay and this thing like going to um you know the the card basically the card it, it like the story that you you share with the card related with the card it was like something like you couldn't control right it just happened like hey you're gonna have the baby right now yeah. but what about the, the event that you said right now the this changing the story it was exactly the same like something happened that you couldn't really control anymore and they just like surrender let's say <laughs> Well, I mean, I think the the straw that broke the camel's back in terms of, okay, so before I was doing the writing practice, previous to that for a decade, I was the CEO of a destination marketing company. I'd run uh, travel and tourism. And when I left that after 10 years, I did some consulting with travel and tourism. And, you know, as the CEO, I'm doing things a CEO should do. I'm doing, you know, budgets and infrastructure and operations and everything. But for a creative soul like myself, I felt like I was dying a little inside because I wasn't exercising those creative muscles. I wasn't being the creative. I was the CEO. And, you know, not that you can't be creative as the leader of a company, but most of my day was spent doing things that really didn't put my talents to their highest and best use. So I, you know, and I say this a lot, that you can be doing things and be good at things, but be miserable. That it's like, you know, they're not necessarily linked. And when I was consulting, um, the last consulting uh, assignment that I had was to do an organizational audit. And it's as sexy as it sounds. <laughs> it was, and, I, and I did a good job and I helped this organization. But that was it. I was like, no more. I can't keep doing this because it's taking me so far down a path that I really know is not true to who I am and, and, and is really speaking to my soul. It's not, an, you know, if there's nothing about it other than making a paycheck um, that's really, you know, leveraging the best of who I am. And that was the last straw. That was the last time that I, I did something that was, I would consider like non-creative as, as professionally. Mm. Um, and then from that point on, I was just like, no, I need, I need to do something else. So that, that was, it was a long time coming, but that was sort of that, um, that was it. I decided like no more after this, no more of that. Yeah. Yeah. Basically what I'm hearing is like, it's like, let's say the level of frustration or like anger, it was like maximum. I was like, no, freak it. Like I, I better like die than to continue this or something like that. Like it was well, like, yeah, that, I mean, that's... not to sound overly dramatic, but I did. I felt like I yeah. was just the shell of who I am because I wasn't able to express myself. Yeah. I wasn't able to, you know, be creative and help others in that way. I was helping, but it was in a completely different path that didn't really speak to who I was. I was good at it, but you know, but I I wasn't yeah. passionate about it. It didn't really align with my talent. So yeah, it, this, yeah I, can. I wasn't angry so much as I was just like, I if I do one more of these, I'm 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 just gonna you know. I'm not going to care anymore. I don't want to be a bitter sort of uninvolved somebody who has incongruence with what they do. So that was it for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You wanted to align yourself with, uh, with your values and your creative mm -hmm. uh, uh, power in the end. Cause that's what you, you like to do. Like that's your calling. Let's say. Yeah. Great. And the next question is like, okay, now let's, let's go also to the, to the not that nice side. Right. What is right now? Because this is it. In the end, like I know when I'm starting to, like you know, when I started to do Voltura, that was my dream. 
I was facing challenges that like, you know, like right now, one of the things is like, as I said before, it was like focus offline. I was everything offline. We don't have clients. Now we need to focus online. So the thing here is like, what is one challenge or one, um, yeah, yeah. One challenge that you're facing right now, but you also like, um, you know, succeed to pass through. Like, let's say it's a success. Right now. I, well, I think an ongoing, I, I'm actually doing okay business-wise, but I think they're probably the biggest challenge is um, people making assumptions or have, you know, don't really understand what a social media ghostwriter does, or they assume they do. They think, I've heard this a few times, well, isn't, isn't ghostwriting cheating? You know, that is somebody, you know, and, they, and, they, and nobody wants to feel that way or hire someone to feel like they're being a cheater. And I think it's just an educational process. And, and the other thing is, as a ghostwriter, when I'm talking to prospective clients, I'm, I'm often asked, as you would expect to be, well, you know, can, can you share with me some client work, what you've done for others? And as a ghostwriter, no, I cannot. <laughs> you know, that's the thing. It's, it, it's all about this trust and confidentiality that, you know, there are people out there that I'm writing for that you would never realize. And that's the point is because when we're working together, it sounds like them because it's their words and their ideas and their experiences. I'm just helping them shape them into concise and compelling posts. So I, I, that's a challenge because I'm asking a prospective client to trust me, but the way that I'm able to go around that is, you know, I practice what I preach and I am a prolific writer in my own right. So I'm not just writing for other people. I write and, and publish content, you know, um, month, well, I do it every day, but I publish Monday through Friday and I share with this and I keep showing up and I keep presenting my point of view, my perspective, the way I, you know, see the world. So others have a chance to know, like, and trust me and, you know, doing, keep showing up, keep, you know, presenting that, and keeping things in my wheelhouse rather than being scattered all over, at least gives them a sense of my writing ability, my style, my range. So they can, you know, if they, you know, can't read what I've written for a client, they'll have a good sense of doing that. Or, you know, I've asked my clients when we work together it's, is to have a testimonial or recommendation. So it's not mm -hmm. just me saying, yeah, no, trust me. It's, you know, the, the my client saying, no, really, you should trust her. <laughs> you know, we worked <laughs> with her in this way and, and you know, it, she's worth it in this. So, I mean, that's a battle that's not new, that, that goes on. Um, but what's nice is because I'm publishing stuff all the time, by the time I have an introductory call with a prospective client, they do feel like they know me somewhat because they've read, they'll, they'll often say, I've been, I've been following you for some time now, Amy, or I really love those Forbes articles or something you wrote spoke to me. So I, they already feel somewhat aligned with who I am. And, the, and because I write the way I speak, when they get on a call with me, it's not like I'm a completely different person than the, you know, mm. the tone and the voice that they read in an article or an update. So um, that seems to work out okay, but but that's probably the biggest challenge is, you know, overcoming sort of the negative, sometimes negative stereotype of a ghostwriter because you know the way I work is I have weekly calls with my clients and they are talking, I'm listening, I'm taking notes, so it's really 95% is it's them, I'm just helping them. Whereas I know some other ghostwriters, and I'm not making judgments on this, but sometimes a ghostwriter, like say for a book. They're writing it all. 
it's, it's no, you know, and then their name isn't on it. So that's, that's a different, or they're writing a speech or they're doing something else and that's fine, but that's not the way that I work with the social media ghostwriting. So um, it's just an education process and, um, and yeah. just sort of utilizing my people skills, I guess, to talk through that and mm-hmm. um, share with them more of who I am so they feel comfortable entering into that relationship of trust. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, it's actually, it's, it's, it's true. And I'm also like relating with that, like, you know, as a, an entrepreneur, self-employed or whatever like that, like probably the number one skill that like you need to have is like a must. Like if you don't have this, you better not start. It's like social skills. Like definitely if you don't know how to talk with people, don't start because otherwise nobody will buy you thing. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Well, so, and yeah. it's funny because I, I, I think soft skills, emotional intelligence, everything that's related to that is so important just not mm. only as a leader, as an entrepreneur, but just moving through life, right? But because nobody, you can't, do anything of substance without other people. You need to engage with them on some level because business at every level is about relationships and you need to be able to connect and communicate with others, you know, help persuade them, talk to them, include them, bring them all these things. And that's impossible to do without the so-called soft skills, right? Those, those things and, and interpersonal skills and being able to deal with people. So I'm a huge proponent of those. I think that it matters more than anything. Exactly. Great. Thank you, Amy. Now let's complete uh, the, the first cast <laughs> and let's pass it to the next player, <laughs> which is me. So let's see. So it's free. Okay. So the card says choose one word to describe your ideal life. Well, that's an interesting card. And I'm going to choose the word. Um, I like, I was thinking of freedom, but I like more. <laughs> Movement, movement, movement okay. you know, like to being in a continuous, yeah, yeah, movement. Okay, okay now next step, spinning the web. Mm-hmm. Money, well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, movement in money. Um, so, yeah, for me, movement in money, it's, it's, exactly, it's exactly what I thought about. Um, so, just a little like context here, you know. Uh, you know, I mean, like before, you know, starting Voltura, I had two businesses, so you can call me a serial entrepreneur or whatever. And um, mm-hmm. same like you, that's why I relate with that is that, you know, I was uh, financially free, whatever you call it, but I didn't feel, you know, my calling there. So that's why I started Voltura. Now, the thing is, uh, I understood that to be an entrepreneur is not like a, a self-employed thing or like, uh, you know, a nine to five. It's work. I mean, it's not like uh, toys for kids. So it's work. And there are a lot of things that literally I never expected that would happen. Like, for example, you know, COVID (laughs) Uh, or, uh, you know, accounting or many, many, many things. Like I'm the kind, you know, I, I know what I like and what I don't like. And what I like is like, you know, to do my stuff, to do my creative juice, whatever, to to talk with people, to empower, to coach. That's what I like. What I don't like is to do the financing, the accounting, the uh, uh, sales one-on-one. Yeah. I like group talking. I don't like this, you know? So that's, I know that um, uh, for me in money, in terms of movement, I need to move from this, what I don't like and somehow it's like necessary to what I really like. So an idea mm-hmm. life um, and uh, the movement in money for me is, no, just to have the ability to push simple. I like I like to travel to meet new people and to uh, mm-hmm. you know 
do my creativity and to have speakings. And that's what it is. That's what it is for, for me and to coach. I don't want to deal with the other stuff. So that's what will be for me uh, money to move from left to right, let's say. So, so the movement for you is, it, it kind of ties back to freedom. And I laughed when you said freedom, because that is the first thing that popped into my mind, actually, if I was answering that question. <laughs> but I think we're aligned in that way that, so if movement for you with the money, it's, it's allowing you to go from what you know, needs to do and the things that don't excite you, like the accounting and all that, uh, to move to what you want to do. So when you have that movement, when you have the money, when you're able to do that, that, that also, re, you know, successful, right? Because you were able to focus yeah. on what matters most to you. Um, like, like you said, like travel. Well, when you could, right? <laughs> Pre-COVID and, you know, and creativity mm-hmm. and people. Um, so, so then do you feel successful then because you, the movement, you, you know, in connection to money that you've been able to do that successfully to move and have that movement and momentum move away from kind of the things you don't want to do, but move towards what you want? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. If I'm able to just like do what I love, mm-hmm. really like do what I love and what I'm good at and where are my, you know, my strengths and to on the same time consolidate and, um, um, strengthen my weaknesses let's say by you know delegating or whatever other things hiring a ghostwriter or you know yeah. hiring someone to do, to do the things that i don't like yeah. and yeah why why not i mean yeah no i, I that that that's makes sense that the, totally resonates with me i, I think we're cut yeah. from the same cloth in that way <laughs> yeah <laughs> great so yeah uh, that's that's what it is fine good last round your turn tell me when to start okay Okay, five. Please read the card. Okay, just think of a historical character. Imagine you are him or her right now. How would you be living your life? Uh, okay, historical character. So, um, yeah, so the first thing is the historical character. Who, who is it? Let's see, who came up in my brain? Um, um, Albert Einstein. Okay, good. Albert Einstein. Okay. Now the next step. So I'm crazy, Albert up. Einstein. Yeah. <laughs> Stop. Family again. So. Okay. So. How would you be living? How would your I life be living? If you would be yeah. If you would be Albert Einstein. Albert Einstein. With my family. Okay. So when I think of Albert Einstein, the reason I selected him is even though he's a renowned scientist, I think there is so much about creativity and science that are linked. And he's very much about thinking differently and innovation, even though back when he was alive, it wasn't necessarily called that. And I'm very much about what's possible and um, kind of see, you know, future focused in what could be rather than caught up in, no, we could never do it that way or that doesn't work sort of thing. So when I think about possibility, innovation, creativity, thinking differently, which is what I'm associating with Einstein, and then family. Um, One thing that my family has talked about, at least my husband and I in particular, is, you know, rather than sort of stay into what 
you know, when people not necessarily think of family, but you know, you, oh, you have to have, at least in here in the US, well, the idea of the right thing to do, and I'm doing air quotes here, the right thing to do. Well, you get a job, you get married, you have children, you have a house, you have all these things, right? But especially lately, maybe because of COVID, maybe because, you know, my husband, and I also love to travel. We take our girls with us. We've done things. Is this idea of, well, what if that wasn't the case? We ask ourselves, what if we traveled the world? What if we lived abroad? What if we, you know, not that either of us are sailors, you know, by skill, but we've sailed before. What if we sailed around the world? That, what if that was our life? And the, giving ourselves the ability to imagine sort of what could be and working towards, um, it's this idea of don't let sort of the norms define who you are. You define your own life. So at least in a family context, I mean, certainly we, you, know, you heard, I had two daughters and cesarean sections we did. That was a little different for us. But this idea of beyond family and how we could live together and how we could experience life um, and the possibilities, that's how I connect it. Mm, okay. So basically it's like um, seeing um, what can you create with your family in a, you know, in a multiple possibilities in multiple point of view and like, um, yeah, like being creative in, in the area of family, like what, what can be possible, like traveling or doing some activities together or like um, improving something. Uh, yeah. Like well, not, not to like always have to be, well, it's you got, you, not to live in sort of the siloed sort of wall that this yeah. is how it's always been done. So you have to do it this way. I think both my husband and I are very mm -hmm. much about like, well, I, I mean, when someone tells me, well, we've always done it this way, I kind of shudder like, oh no, <laughs> like it's I'd like what could be, but imagine these other possibilities that could be better. We could make it, you know, fit better for you and that sort of thing. So that's where my mind goes. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So the creative approach. Great. Mm -hmm. The next step questions. So my question for you is actually that's that's an interesting question. It pops in while I was uh, listening to you, like it popped on saying, "Well, that's a good question." If let's say, yeah, imagine right now, let's do a creativity imagination. Does you like creativity, right? Mm -hmm. If right now, let's say, you have the uh, ability to, um, let's say, ask Albert Einstein, yeah, something about. Um, you know, creativity, how you can be more creative, how you can uh, unleash your entire power of, you know, and create whatever you want to do. Um, what would you ask him? <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I mean, I, I, I don't know that I would ask him some, I just, I'd want to better understand sort of the behaviors and mindset and sort of how his mm -hmm. perspective on things that opened it up, that allowed him to, you know, like his, his mind to really think differently and to perceive the world the way that he did. Because I feel like when you are stuck in, um, stuck on either this is, this is the way things have always been done, or you see the world through a lens that means, you know, it's, it's linear or it's only black and white. And I know because I, you know, I've lived enough life that life is not black and white. There is very much shades of gray, but I'd really want to better understand maybe some of the practices and ask him, you know, you know, how, how do you encourage that sort of lifestyle? How do you encourage that thinking to 
not get caught up in the minutia or the people or society telling you, well, no, you, you can't do it that way. Or no, you know, how do you move past that and sort of stay true to um, the possibilities and that the sense of, of wonder and discovery and innovation that not only fuels creativity, certainly and as a writer, that's important to me, but just generally in life, because, you know, it's, how, how you think about something and how you approach something can, um, you know, yield very different results. So I, I'd want to understand, you know, what else can I do? Even if I believe some of the, you know, and I, I try to model myself, what are the things I can do? What are the behaviors? And conversely, what should I stop doing? Maybe there are things that I'm doing that I think are, oh, this will help me, but maybe I shouldn't waste my time and energy on things that, nah. So I'd love to have a conversation with him and say, okay. You know, what do you think? Like, what, what could I be doing more of, less of, what, you know, to kind of encourage uh, this idea of seeing the world differently? Okay, good. And now let's do something crazy. Let's switch places. Let's say I am you and you are Albert Einstein. What would be the answer? I would say that... Um, you're you're yourself, Albert Einstein right now. You're yeah, 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 yeah. Albert Einstein. I would say put yourself into uncomfortable situations, put yourself in a position where you are always curious and learning that, you know, mm -hmm. and put yourself into or give yourself problems or read things, expose yourself to things that don't have a definitive answer, you know, that they are open to mm -hmm. interpretation. Because if you give someone a problem that you say, well, what's one plus one? Well, there is really only one answer. But if you give them something like, well, what if this? And then that allows you to explore and think through many, many different answers. It's not to say that there's only one right answer, but I think open-ended questions, different things like that. I would say that's probably what he would say. It's just, well, you know, or do those things that are going to challenge you, that are going to challenge conventional thinking that, you know, or don't accept, you know, um, don't accept things at face value, maybe be able to question them and come back and say, well, why? And, and as asking those questions, well, why, why, mm -hmm. why can get you to mm -hmm. some um, enlightened thinking, I think. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's what actually like he was thinking like that, you know, like he was questioning all of the things like we can go into the um, gravity and all the things like <laughs> yeah. Newton started this, but like Einstein upgraded, right? So yeah, and that's what I want to highlight here is like, uh, right. And that's what we did with this small exercise. Like you can actually be anyone, right? Like we did a small thing, and you answer your own question, so you are able right. to do that. <laughs> you see, that's what I wanted. That's what I wanted to highlight here. And uh, yeah, thank you for uh, you know being my partner in this uh, small game because that's uh, that's um, that's what I believe. Like like this is my mantra, right? And that's Voltura's mantra. You can do whatever you want if you want to do it. So uh, the point yeah. is. Ask the question and answer the question because you already have the answer. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Good. Okay. Thank you, Amy. Now mm -hmm. let's complete the game with the acknowledgement okay. card. So in this step, Amy, we're going to acknowledge each other for something that we have done in this round. And I want to be first. I want to acknowledge Amy for, well, first of all, you know, doing the small exercise. And uh, I'm, I'm, I have a feeling, to not say that I'm sure, but I have a feeling that uh, you discover something and I acknowledge you for that, for whatever you discover and you get for yourself. And last but not least, I acknowledge you for your, um, like, I would say for owning yourself, 
that's what, what i what i heard mm-hmm. you know like you literally you were in a situation when you know you were comfortable and everything was going great but you were not fulfilling yourself and you were not like you know owning yourself like your talent and your gift yeah. so i acknowledge you for doing that oh thank you that's nice to hear i i do feel like i'm doing that so thank you for acknowledging that and i acknowledge you a couple ways one first for inviting me to this really different format, fun. I wasn't sure, I was nervous, whatever, but I, I love this type of stuff. So this is a chance to go a little deeper with you and with myself. Like you said, you discovered some things or maybe it underscores things that you thought already about yourself. So thank you for that because it's a gift for me then in being part of this. And for you, I think too, I it, it was a nice um, nice to learn more about you and that I was surprised, but I was delighted to learn that we are very much aligned, that this desire for creativity and freedom of expression and movement and entrepreneurship and, um, and generally, I think just the way that you see the world, that, you know, you started this podcast and it's something different, right? And this idea mm-hmm. that you're trying to play to your strengths and you've, you also have stepped into yourself authentically, knowing your strengths, knowing your weaknesses, and knowing enough that you are comfortable enough to say, you know what, I'm going to delegate that stuff so I can focus on the highest and best use of my talents and do things that are meaningful to me. So I acknowledge you for that as well. Thank you. I got yeah. it. Good. Woohoo! <laughs> Congratulations, Emmy. You have finished the game. Congratulations. Thank you for Yay. playing the Voltura game. Yes, <laughs> thank you. I'm actually curious. How was the, the experience for you? What do you like about the game? I, well, I liked that it made me think. This was not a typical podcast with predictable questions with, you know, I wasn't saying the same things over and over and over and over again. Um, but it really, it really went a little deeper and, and, and came at it. I think what I really appreciate is it came at it from a completely different direction, right? Asking questions and you don't know what the questions are going to be. So that's part of the fun. You have to be on your toes. You have to be a little nimble and adaptable and, you know, not always easy. I'm like, especially that first one, I mean, the, the miming and the, you know, I was like, oh my God, how do I do this? But what's interesting, though, is you find a way through a funny sort of path, and I, I'm a fan of nonlinear paths, to get at what really matters most. And that's really what I took away from this conversation, is that we were both talking about things that really matter most to us. So we're able to, to you know, come at them from different directions. But um, I appreciate that, that you leave this game feeling good because you're talking about things that matter most to you. So, yeah, it was, it was fun. Great. Thank you, Amy. Now, before we finish the podcast, I want to ask you three questions. And these are, what is one successful mindset that you had, one successful behavior, mm-hmm. and one aspect of your lifestyle that made you who you are now? Yeah. So I think mindset, I think I have always skewed positive. I, and kind of that, you know, now they call it like a growth mindset that you're always able to, you know, you've never finished learning a a lifelong learner. Oh, I'm so curious. And I think that like 
each person, each interaction, each experience. I'm, I, there's always something to learn. Sometimes it's learning about others or places or things. And sometimes it's about you learn more about yourself just by maintaining and being open to that. And this idea of um, you, I'd rather have a better understanding of someone than be right. And it's, it's just about always learning and kind of um, amassing sort of this greater understanding of the world in which we live, but also of myself. So that mindset, I'd say that behavior, um, I think what I've learned is to really focus on clear and get clarity because, you know, for the longest time I was, you know, successful, but I was going round and round and round what really mattered most to me. And I think when I finally focused in and had clarity on what do I want? What do I want? And not be scared to answer that, but be honest with what do I want? That is when my life turned around. And I stepped into that, as you said, and I became more me and unapologetically so. And life got much easier. So that behavior and doing that shifted. And then I'd say like an aspect of my life routine, um, I'd say, you know, having the clarity is certainly something, but also understanding, you know, to have consistency and discipline and consistency of understanding who I am and staying in my wheelhouse. Um, the discipline of not getting off course because of shiny objects, because I am a curious person. So there could be something that's like, Ooh, that's all. And you know, I've jumped at things that, are, that have intrigued me, you know, from a career perspective and curiosity, but I've always tried to stay on the course of sort of the discipline and kind of keep at it for the mastery of the knowledge or to, you know, have a new experience, that sort of thing. Um, but I think there, there's something I keep on my wall here. And um, it's a quote I learned, uh, a gentleman named Sasha Strauss said years ago, but it really resonated with me so much that I literally have it taped to my wall here. And it's, you are something specific to a special few right? And that's about knowing who you are. It's about knowing that you're not for everyone and you, that's okay. Because when you can play to your strengths, when you can play to specificity and clarity of what you want, what matters most to you, you don't get hung up on those. You don't try to convince all these people who are vehemently against you or could never be either your partner or your peer or your client or whatever. You just let that go and life gets much simpler. And I used to get so hung up on, oh, but I, you know, I want people to like me and, and I, you know, I still do, I'm human, but now it's just more like, you know what, I'm okay with the version of Amy that I am is the most real and honest and authentic I've ever presented to the world. And if you're with me, fantastic. And if you're not, that's okay. So I think when you get to that um, emotional maturity too, and you can kind of keep doing those things that will allow you to be true to who you are. Your life will get simpler. You'll, you won't be exhausted trying to be somebody else. And you'll attract the right types of people who appreciate you and your strengths, um, you know, naturally. So um, that's what I've learned. Yeah. Yeah, that's all. I like it. I like it. I be basically unapol unapologetically you. Yes. Like, just yes just be yourself and uh, and the routine of being um, what I'm hearing like to be consistent and be disciplined like not letting yourself distracted by other things and just like just be you in there like mm -hmm. knowing who you are and uh, and uh, and honoring that like, yeah whoever or however you are like you know <laughs> like strong weak or whatever these uh, yeah. uh, labels are or you call yourself you are but just owning it great 
Thank you, Amy. Now, anything else you want to say before uh, we complete? Um, just thanks for having me. This has been a blast. I appreciate the opportunity. Um, and it's, it's such a different format that it's a delight. So thank you. <laughs> thank you. And now please tell people where they can find more about you. Okay, you can head to my website, which is amyblashka.com, and you can learn more about me and the work that I do and how I help clients. Uh, I am on most of the social channels, um, primarily on LinkedIn, where I share all of my content, uh, and Twitter and Instagram as at amyblashka. And finally, you can head over to Forbes.com and read my Forbes articles. Great. Thank you, Amy. And yeah, all the links are uh, in the description below. Good. Thank you, Amy. And thank you guys for listening to this episode. This was the 36th episode of Votura Game Show. My name is Alexandro. I was your host today with our guest, Amy Blaschka. And if you like this episode, please uh, share it with whoever you think will like it. Everyone, of course. <laughs> and yes, uh, leave us a five-star review uh, on uh, Apple Podcasts or um, whatever platform you're listening to right now. Apple Podcasts is the best for my people. And yeah, uh, share with us what do you like about the episode, what you didn't like about the episode, if there is something that you didn't like about the episode, or what we can do so you can have a better experience, if it's possible. <laughs> Thank you for being here, Amy. Thank you for having me. In the next episode of Voltura Game Show, you will meet Miss Suchi. Miss Suchi is an entrepreneur and top 50 most impactful people on LinkedIn. She empowers people by speaking at seminars, workshops, and conferences. See you in the next episode.